is coming up now on Established in the Faith. This doctor used that medication on her patients and 20 of her patients was feeling better within 24 hours. Now don't you think that such a discovery that works, don't you think it should be on the news and America should know about it? But it's not. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. your Bibles this morning, would you turn with me please to the book of Numbers, the book of Numbers. This past Tuesday, we had a blood drive here at the church, and the numbers they were expecting as far as it pertains to the blood count was 16 units, and we wound up with 23 units. And they were just so overwhelmed by that, they want to come back and do another blood drive, and this time they want to bring more people so we don't have to turn anybody away. But the ironic thing about it is, the day before that, last Sunday, I preached out of Numbers 16, 23. Think about that. And our blood count on that following Monday, they were expecting 16, and we got 23. Ain't God good? God has a way of confirming things and letting you know you're going down the right road. You wonder about things sometimes, and uh, I thank God for that confirmation. But this week, Numbers chapter 16, and move down, if you will, to verse 46. Numbers chapter 16 and verse 46 today. And Moses said unto Aaron, Take a censer. And put fire therein from off the altar. And put on incense. And go quickly. Notice the terminology. And go quickly unto the congregation. And make atonement for them. For there is wrath gone out from the Lord. The plague is begun. And Aaron took as Moses commanded and ran. Again, notice the terminology. And ran into the midst of the congregation, and behold, the plague was begun among the people. And he put on incense and made atonement for the people, and he stood between the dead and the living, and the plague was stayed. This morning, I want to stop right there and use for a subject, preaching a few minutes. Racing with the cure. Racing with the cure. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask for His help today. Heavenly Father, Lord, this morning I thank you for this opportunity to stand before these people and to minister your word. Lord, I thank you for this word that you have given unto me. And Lord, I ask now for the anointing of your spirit 
to rightly divide this word of truth and to deliver it to the people. Lord, help me this morning to say that which you would have said. Lord, help me say it right. Lord, anoint the people to hear it and to receive it. Lord, and may their questions be answered, and may we all be drawn a little closer to you today. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen and Amen. Back some months ago, before we here in the United States even knew what COVID-19 was, before we even heard the term coronavirus, social distancing, and these types of words, the virus had already broken out into China and had spread from there right on out into other countries, and a particular doctor in France struggling to find some type of cure, some way to ameliorate the symptoms of this virus, came across a particular medication and he found that when it was administered to the patients, within 24 hours they were feeling better. Now you think of that. Don't you think this morning that if such a thing had been discovered, that it should be spread across the rooftops of every house in the world, seeing how this virus is such a pandemic? Don't you think that such a thing should be told? It should be in the news. But it was not. Here in the United States, when the virus hit here, Donald Trump heard about this particular doctor in France and what he had discovered. And he thought it was worth sharing with the medical community. And how many of you know that ever since Donald Trump got in office, the news media ain't done nothing but bash him since day one. And now they're bashing him over this particular medication which they call hydrochloroquine. Yes, hydrochloroquine. This medication, ladies and gentlemen, has been used for over 60 years to treat multiple issues. This is not something new. But just because it came from Donald Trump, the news media ain't done nothing but talk down and has had so many negative things to say about this medication. And let me just say something. I'm not a medical doctor. I, I, I don't know. Okay? I just don't know. But if I come down with something and I go to a doctor who has been to school and he's got a degree and he says, Brother James, this right here could help your situation, I'd, I'd want to know about it. And I'd want to try it. Incidentally, this medication has very little side effects. Of course, there's always some risk when you're taking a foreign substance into your body. There's, there's risk there. But over 60 years, there's not been hardly any complaints. But when Donald Trump said it, the news media jumped all over it. 
And, and, and so many negative things have been said that that medication now has been banned from a lot of drugstores. A lot of drugstores ain't carrying it now. And two states have banned it to where you can't even get it. It is illegal now in two states. You think of that. One doctor down in Dallas, Texas. In the midst of all of this hoopla, and that's what it is. With her medical degree of 20 years. After patients having gone to the emergency room in the hospital there. And they turned them away and said, go home and quarantine. Be careful not to contaminate anybody else. Their symptoms so severe and the pain so bad, they, they called on this doctor and said, can you help us? She said, come on. Come on. She said, here's what I'm going to do. She told the patient about that hydroxychloroquine. Did I get it right that time? Okay, whatever it is. Thank you. The reason I'm looking at her is because she's a nurse, by the way. And this doctor used that medication on her patients and put a shot in the butt. It's called practicing medicine. And 20 of her patients was feeling better within 24 hours. Think of that. Now, don't you think, ladies and gentlemen, that such a discovery that works, don't you think it should be on the news and America should know about it? But it's not. Why ain't this news being told? I'm going to tell you what I think. I believe this whole thing is political. Did you hear what I said? I said this whole thing is political. It is an agenda, ladies and gentlemen. Somebody tell me, what year is it? I'm not talking about 2020. What year is it? It is an election year. We have people in position in this nation today who are pushing for a mail-in ballot. Now, I'm sure if I'd ask some of you in this auditorium today what you think about it, you say, well, I think that sounds pretty good, James. I mean, the virus is contagious and this and that. We might not be able to go out and vote, and the list goes on and on. Well, let me ask this question. If they can't keep up with 33,000 emails, what makes you think that they can keep up with every ballot that comes from an American and non-American, some that are even dead? How in the round world are they going to keep up with all of that? They can't. It's all in an effort to affect an election. The whole thing is political, just like what Cora, Dathan, and Abiram did in Numbers chapter 16. The Bible tells us 
verse 1, that Korah, Dathan, and Abiram, these very powerful, influential men, somehow they persuaded some 250 other men, men of renown, famous men, and gathered them together against Moses and Aaron. And here was their argument. There's always an argument. Verse 3. You take too much upon you. Seeing all the congregation are holy, every one of them. And the Lord is among them. Now, there's some truth to what is said here. All the congregation of Israel was holy, and the Lord was in the midst of them. But all of it was because of the leadership, Moses and Aaron being obedient to the Word of God. That's why the congregation was holy, and that is why God was in the midst of His people. But they ignored that because they had an agenda. Why do you lift up yourselves above the congregation of the Lord? This is where the error come in. They begin to question the authority of God. They begin to question the call of God upon the lives of these men. Why do you lift up yourselves? Actually, it was quite the opposite. It wasn't Moses and Aaron who were lifting up themselves. If you'll look there in verse 4, the Bible says the moment that Moses heard this, he fell on his face. Ladies and gentlemen, that right there is a sign of one who is truly called of God. They are humble before God. They get on their face before God and they seek Him about what direction to take. And when these individuals came against Moses and they came against Aaron, the first thing Moses did was get down on his face before God and seek God. We need more people to do that today. They get on their face before God and seek God about whatever it is that's going on. When you think about it, it was Korah, Dathan, and Abiram who were lifting up themselves. In other words, Moses, Aaron, anybody can do what you do. No, they couldn't. No, they couldn't. See, here was the problem. The problem was unbelief. And ladies and gentlemen, that, that has always been the problem. Unbelief. Moses and Aaron did not volunteer for that position of leadership. God called them and anointed them for that leadership position. To doubt Moses and Aaron was at the same time to doubt God. Unbelief. It was unbelief in God 
that caused Israel to have to wander around in the wilderness for 40 years and they were not allowed to go into the promised land. It was their unbelief, but they blamed it on Moses. They blamed it on Aaron. Look at verse 13, Numbers chapter 16, verse 13. You've brought us out of Egypt to kill us in the wilderness, to make yourself a prince over us. Moreover, you've not brought us into the promised land that flows with milk and honey, or even given us an inheritance of fields and vineyards. These people refused to see the circumstances that they were in as being their fault. They wanted to blame it on somebody else, and that's what unbelief always does. It always blames somebody else for the problem. Look at what's going on now. Pointing the finger at somebody else. And blaming those who were called of God. Didn't these people realize what they were doing? I don't really think they did. They wanted the priesthood for themselves. They saw the priesthood as being some type of political office of power in which they could push their agenda, whatever agenda that may have been. But the priesthood typified Christ. Christ being our great high priest today who is forever seated at the right hand of the Father making intercession for you and I. And ladies and gentlemen, we need that intercession. If it wasn't for the intercession, intercession of Jesus Christ, you and I wouldn't have a chance tonight, today. We wouldn't. But that's what the priesthood represented. And these people coming against Aaron and wanting the priesthood for themselves, they were actually telling Jesus Christ, we can do a better job than what you're doing. To come up against Aaron was the same as coming up against the Lord Jesus Christ. Did these people realize what they were doing? I don't know. But folks, ignorance was no excuse and judgment was about to fall. All right. This is what God told Moses to do. Number 16 in verse 6. This do. Take you censers, Korah, and all his company. Put fire therein. Stop right there for a minute. In this verse here, Moses did not tell the people where to take the fire from. But if you look down, verse 46, he told Aaron where to take the fire from. But he just told Korah and that group that was rebelling against God, get a censer, put fire therein, put on incense, and stand before the Lord tomorrow, and it shall be that the Lord will choose the man. The censer. It was a type of fire pan. It was... Very similar to what you see holding in my hands here. A fire pan. That fire pan 
was symbolic of the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came in the likeness of sinful flesh, yet without sin. God becoming man. God said, put fire in that censer. The fire was to come from the brazen altar. The brazen altar was the altar where the sacrifices were offered up. The individual would bring their little lamb to the priest, and the priest would check it for blemishes and scars and whatnot. And if it passed the inspection, then the priest would slit the throat of that little lamb and catch the blood, and the lamb would be cut into pieces and And then the lamb would be placed on that brazen altar. And the fire from that altar would then burn and consume the sacrifice. And the smell of it would go up before God and it was approved and accepted of God. And the fire was to come from that brazen altar. A coal of fire was to be put inside the censer. That coal of fire represents the judgment of God upon sin. That judgment of fire coming from the brazen altar is a type of the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Fire from any other ignition would be met with judgment, ladies and gentlemen. The fire had to come from the altar, the cross. And then incense was to be poured out upon that coal of fire. Now, the incense was made up of different ingredients that God commanded Moses, and it was to be used inside the tabernacle upon the table of incense. They were to offer incense to God. That incense symbolized the perfect life of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ lived a perfect life for you and I. If you make it to heaven today, it won't be because of what you did or what you did not do. It'll all be because of what Jesus Christ did, His perfect life and His death upon Calvary's cross. And that is it, ladies and gentlemen. And His perfect life is what raised Him from the dead. Because he had no sin. Satan had no legal right to hold him in the grave. And now he is forever seated at the right hand of the Father. And he's making intercession for you and I. Glory to God. So that censer symbolized the atoning, mediatorial, and intercessory work. Of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now I want you to get this picture. Here we have. 250 men. From different tribes all across. The children of Israel. Standing in front of the tabernacle. With their censers in their hand. And they're swinging them. Censers swinging. 
volunteering for a job that was not there. Wanting to claim the priesthood for themselves. But catch this, not nary one of them was saved. He that has an ear, hear what I'm saying today. But on the outward appearance, if you and I were to stand there that day and watch 250 men volunteering to do something for the church, you'd be like, Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Glory to God. We got somebody else now that can drive the bus. Amen. Hallelujah. We got somebody else now that can vacuum the floors. Hallelujah. We got somebody else now, especially with this COVID-19, that can walk around and wipe off all the pews when the service is over. Hallelujah. We got somebody else now that can take one of them rags with the, with, 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 with the alcohol on it and run down them rails and get all them germs off them rails as people come in brother Robert you'd be like hallelujah praise God I got somebody that can come out here and help me cut the grass and do a little weed eating around this cemetery out here can I get an amen glory to God 250 people wanting to go to work here at friendship good grace of mercy Oh, I can put you to work now. <laughs> Terry, we can put them to work. We can put about 20, 25, 30 of them out there in that garden out there and get that mulch straightened out, them weeds pulled out, get them old dead bushes pulled out of there. Boy. Brother Doyle, we can get that trench dug out there and get that wire laid down in there and get some power to that sign. We can get somebody to volunteer and put a different message on there every day if we wanted to. Oh, good grace and mercy. I'd have somebody that would do all of these CDs that we're making. And let me say this. Even though coronavirus hit and some of the restaurants shut their doors and slowed things down, the number of CDs that's gone out of this church has still not stopped. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'd have somebody that could actually look after the, the, the website. Go on there and on the events page and we're doing this on Monday, we're doing this on Wednesday, we're doing this such and such and such. We'd have somebody that could work with the youth. Oh man, 250 people. Looks good. Sounds good. But not near one of them was saved. Are you hearing me? Are you listening to me? Not near one of them. When it was all said and done, they missed it. I'd rather have a church of five people that are saved and full of the Holy Ghost and worship God and mean business with God, then I'd have 250 people that are living like the devil, and they're living like hell, and they're doing this and slipping around doing that, because such people are a bad example for the church. It looks bad. It looks bad. Oh, but it looks good when you come in here and see every pew full and parking lot full. Look good. 
till the fat hits the fan. All right. Now get this. Number 16, verse 13. You got 250 men from different tribes standing in front of the tabernacle, but Korah, Dathan, and Abiram refused to show up. Now you think of that. The ringleaders in all of this, they refused to come up to the tabernacle with a, with a censer and stand before the Lord. Why is that? I'm going to tell you why. These men were Levites. And they remembered what happened to Nadab and Abihu when they offered strange fire before the Lord over there in Numbers no, uh, Leviticus 10. Bible says, Nadab and Abihu, they went into the tabernacle and offered strange fire before the Lord. Strange fire, what's that? They took fire from some other ignition. See, there were all kind of fires around the tabernacle for doing different things. But God said, when you offer incense, you're supposed to use this fire. From the brazen altar. And you're supposed to use this incense, which I have specifically given you instructions to make. And this is what you're supposed to do. Nadab and Abihu just went in there. Incidentally, they were drunk when they did it. And I'm not talking about being drunk in the spirit either. The Bible said fire came out from the Lord and consumed them both. Killed them graveyard dead on the spot. Korah, Dathan, and Abiram, they remembered it. We ain't going up there, Moses. You're crazy. But you know what? They refused, listen, they refused to share that information with the other 250. Are you listening to me? Just like the news media today is refusing to share information about what's going on in our country today. Are you hearing me? He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. They refused to tell the others about it. Why? Because they didn't care about the welfare of the others. And ladies and gentlemen, we have got people in our country today who could care less about the welfare of the American people. And they're in political office. Matter of fact, they want all the American people to be on welfare. And that's why the news ain't being told. That's why the American people is being lied to. Oh, good grace of mercy, that clock's gone crazy. All right. Verse 26, number 16. Moses spake to the congregation and said, Depart, I pray you, from the tents of these wicked men. Speaking of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. Touch nothing of theirs, lest you be consumed in all their sins. What's that? Well, it's what we call social distancing today. Some of you under the sound of my voice right now, you need to social distance yourself from individuals that's not a good influence on you. Yeah. 
Bible says, Come out from among them and be ye separate. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Come out. You are chosen people of God. You're to be separate. As a child of God, you need to socially distance yourself from certain things. And, and in this particular instance here, they were to socially distance themselves from these wicked, ungodly men. There are some of you Christians right now listening to me. You are involved with a political party that's killing babies. And they are going against the Word of God and saying it's alright for two men to get married and two women to get married. And you, as a child of God, you need to socially distance yourself from such because the judgment of God is about to fall. And if you're involved in it, you are going to be judged too. Brother James, you sure are mighty political this morning. Hey, let the pieces fall where they will. I'm going to shell it down because there sure ain't nobody else shelling it down and telling it. Verse 32. I touched on this last week. I told you sometimes I could preach the same message twice. Some of you shaking your head. Yep. I guarantee you it's going to bless you just as much this week as it did last week. Because it's the Word of God. <laughs> uh, but this right here might not be too much of a blessing to you. Listen to this, verse 32. The earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up, their houses and all the men that appertained unto Korah and all their goods. They went down alive into the pit, and the earth closed upon them, and they perished from among the congregation. Korah, Dathan, Abiram, and their families fell right straight down into the pit of hell, and they are there right now being tormented for their rebellion against God. And there are some of you under the sound of my voice right now that unless repentance is forthcoming, you too will find yourself in the pit of hell burning and screaming and asking God to have mercy on you. But if you ever make it to hell, ladies and gentlemen, it's too late. All repentance has to be done on this side of the grave. This is a warning to somebody under the sound of my voice today. Take heed. And there came out fire from the Lord, verse 35, and consumed the 250 men that offered incense, just like Nadab and Abihu. Korah, Dathan, and Abihu thought they were going to stand over here to the side and the judgment won't go affect them. God had something special planned for them. Now, I realize tomorrow is Memorial Day. And for those of you who come today for a special Memorial Day message, here it is. Numbers chapter 16, verse 36. The Lord told Moses to have Eleazar, the son of Aaron, to gather all the censers from among those burning corpses out there. Verse 38, to make them into plates to cover the altar because they were hallowed. 
verse 40, This was to be a memorial unto the children of Israel, that only those of the seed of Aaron were to come near and to offer incense before the Lord, that he not end up as Korah and those who followed him. All of those censers that were laying out there in front of the tabernacle, the bodies of the men who were swinging them are ashes now on the ground. And Eleazar the priest was told to go out there and pick up all the censers and to somehow form them into metal plates and let them lay upon the brazen altar, the altar of sacrifice, and it was to be a memorial. So, in other words, when the child of God, under the old economy of God, was to come up with their lamb and the priest offered it up, they stood there in front of that brazen altar and they could see those plates, 250 of them surrounding that altar. And it reminded the individual who brought the sacrifice just how deadly sin is. Sin is a deadly thing, ladies and gentlemen. Let me tell you something. You should have more fear of sin than you do the coronavirus. See, that coronavirus, you can, you can put some sanitizer on your hands and wash your hands and, and, and you'll be clean. But my friend, there ain't enough hand sanitizer in this world to wash the sin off of your hands. Only the blood of Jesus Christ can do that for you, ladies and gentlemen. That's it. As you leave this parking lot today, I want you to look in this cemetery out here on either side of the church and you will see a flag sitting there. That flag represents one of the members here or someone who was in our military that fought and they gave their lives so that you and I could have the freedom to come into this house today and worship God. And you think of that. Our freedom did not come quickly or easily, ladies and gentlemen. And our freedom is not inherited by blood. It has to be fought. All right. Round two. I've run out of time. But I'm going to keep on preaching. Round two. Mmm. The next day, number 1641, all the congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron, saying, You have killed the people of the Lord. Do you have any idea how stupid that sounds? Think about it. The ground opens up and swallows Korah, Dathan, and Abiram and all their family, their tents and everything just dropped right down into the ground and the ground closed up on them. And, and the 250 men swinging their censers, fire come out and killed every one of them. And all of that was Moses' fault. You have killed the people of the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, that was God's doing. Moses didn't have nothing to do with that. You have killed the people of the Lord. You would think that after having witnessed all of that, that these people would have learned something. They would have humbled themselves before God and accepted 
the people that God had chosen to be in leadership position. You would think it. But they didn't. They didn't, ladies and gentlemen. And you would think today that after all this coronavirus stuff going on, that the church would repent and humble itself before God. You would think that today with the church house being open, and it don't matter that it's Memorial Day weekend. I've heard it for months and months. I can't wait to get back in the church, Brother James. But yet when we open the door, it's Memorial Day weekend. These folks chose to go to the beach. They chose to go to the lake. They chose to go to the mountains instead of being in the house of God. That right there, ladies and gentlemen, to me, is the line in the sand. And I'm not talking about those of you who participated in the drive-in church and you took off on vacation this weekend. God bless you. But I'm talking about those who have sit at home all this time and wanting to go to church didn't go to church, now the door's open. What do they do? They'd rather go here, they'd rather go yonder, rather than be in church. That's why I say, I saw something not long ago on Facebook. I know I've upset some of you. You're squirming a little bit. That's all right. You need to wiggle a little bit in church. We're going to make you feel welcome. But Lord, when I start preaching the Word of God, you might feel a little bit uncomfortable. And if you don't, I ain't doing my job. I'm just telling you the truth. The line's been drawn in the sand. And people got a choice to make. You're going to go to the house of God, or you're going to do what you want to do. And, and the thing that was posted on Facebook, oh, when the church door opens up, the place is going to be packed. I hope it is. But my gut feeling tells me that when these folks get turned loose, it's going to be just like it used to be. Just like after 911, that when the towers was hit in New York City and all that took place and terrorism hit our country, there was flags everywhere. People were were praying. The church house was full. That lasted for about two weeks, and then it was back to business as usual. I just don't think the churches learned much from this. Oh, we've learned how to social distance. Turn around, wave at somebody, smile at somebody real big if you ain't wearing a mask. We've learned how to do social distancing and and have drive-in church, and we've learned how to do things a little bit different. But the things that really matter, how to get a hold of God and get on your face before God and pray, pray to God and seek His faith and, 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 and pray through to God and, and ask God to have mercy on us. And ask God to move in our churches. Good grace of mercy. I saw something this week. Got an email from the headquarters of the denomination. And they said you need to encourage the elderly to not come to church. What if Jesus had a stood in the synagogue and said, Okay, we're going to do a temperature check. If your nose is running, you're going to have to. Disciples, y'all need to monitor this. What happened to the church being the church? What happened to the believers laying hands on the sick and they shall recover? That's what I'm talking about, ladies and gentlemen. The church needs to be the church again. If the church does not have the earmarks of the church in the book of Acts, we are not a church that God will recognize as such. 
Those of you listening to me in Pennsylvania right now, I hope you've enjoyed the programming. This might be the last Sunday I'm on. I signed a one-year contract with them. That contract might just been cut a little bit short. Uh, Brother James, you need to behave yourself. Well, I'm going to behave myself and do what God tells me to do. Brother James, you sure are preaching mighty long today. That's because I've been preaching out there in that parking lot too long. I got it all bottled up inside, and it's time to let it go. Glory to God. All right, let me wrap this up. It's going to be Christmas here. All right. You'd have thought these people would learn something. They didn't. I'm mighty afraid today because here, here's what's coming now. They're already talking about it on the news. Round two. This coronavirus making another round. And they're saying that could be worse than the first round that we had. What do you think about that, Brother James? I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. We're going to take precautions here at the church. We're going to do what we can to keep you safe. Some of you who have concerns, I understand that. We have drive-in parking out there for you. Service will be starting next week at 930. Kind of keep you as cool as we can. But we're going to have church. And we're going to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ because what I'm telling you today, ladies and gentlemen, it is the cure for the real virus. The sin virus. And the virus I'm talking about, ladies and gentlemen, has eternal consequences to it. The Lord told Moses, look at verse 44, number 16. He said, verse 45, get up from among the congregation. What's that? You need to socially distance yourself from the congregation. He said, I'm going to consume them all. Moses and Aaron, they fell on their face before God. Verse 46, And Moses said to Aaron, Take a censer, put fire therein from off the altar, and put on incense and go quickly into the congregation and make an atonement for them. For there is wrath that's gone out from the Lord. The plague is begun. And Aaron took as Moses commanded and ran. He didn't walk. He didn't take his time. He didn't say, well, Moses, it's break time. Brother Moses, I understand what you're saying, but it's break time. And I get an hour for break. You know what I'm talking about. He ran into the midst of the congregation. And there he stood between the dead and the living, and the plague was stayed. Verse 49, 14,700 died about the matter of Korah. And this is what I want to share with you folks, and I'm closing. I'm starting to close. The same censor that pronounced judgment upon the 250 men is now the same type of censor that saved Israel. Those censors, ladies and gentlemen, were a type of Christ and what He would do for you and I at Calvary's cross. And as Aaron ran into the midst 
of those people who were contaminated with a plague. The Bible said the plague was stayed. Folks, today, as the church of Jesus Christ, there should be an urgency, an urgency of the moment to run out quickly and to share the gospel with this lost and dying world. You see, just as Aaron ran quickly into the midst of these people, it didn't bother him that they were sick and dying. He had the solution. And he knew he had the solution. And church, I'm here to tell you today, as the church, we ain't got a problem. We've got a solution. And it's time for the church to be the church and to carry that solution to this lost and dying world. Run quickly with the cure. If the program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. That's right, girls. And now we're having worship service inside the church every Sunday morning at 930. As well, we're also having Bible study and prayer meeting every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. All of these services are being broadcast to the parking lot for those who wish to participate drive-in style. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMED community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.